What's going on, guys? I'm the Lone Salesman here, and I'm here to talk about tales from the Lone Salesman. Now, I originally had this episode pre-recorded, but uh, I didn't like how it turned out. Plus, I got this new HyperX quadcast mic, and I was just dying to try it, so I wanted to record something. So, one of the subjects I wanted to talk about was my journey to Japan, and it's a long journey, and for this one, I want to give you my first impressions of how I got to Japan, my first impressions, and, you know, just everything in between. So, to give you guys a little background, I'm from the Midwest, and when I was 18, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So, I joined the Navy. In the Navy, you know, you don't get a choice from your first duty location. Sometimes you do if you're really good in your class. So, I got a ship and it was forward deployed and we went to like 10 countries at a time within like a year. And one of those countries was Japan. Now you watch my first, uh, previous video or uh, podcast on Godzilla singular point. You'll know I'm a huge Godzilla fan. And did this have an influence of me wanting to go to Japan lightly? You know, I've watched uh, Japanese animation I'm somewhat familiar with the culture. You know, everyone knows a little bit about Japan, right? Until you actually go there. Uh, So I had never really planned on it until, you know, now getting the opportunity. So on the ship, we had uh, programs too to help, you know, sailors uh, get the best out of their experience in port. So we called it MWR, which is Military Welfare Recreation. And since we didn't have any civilians on board, one of our senior chiefs, he was a master at arms, basically Navy police. He uh, helped coordinate with uh, the shore MWR facilities and uh, get these tours going. So basically, you know, we just pay and, um, you know, they'd sign us up for the tour. So one of those was Mount Fuji. And I had gone hiking before. Um, I had a little bit of experience, but this was, you know, one of the seven or top eight legendary summits, you know, one of the summits that all hikers climb. And uh, it's not too difficult if you're in uh, good shape, but uh, it can be very challenging at times. <laughs> so we left at about like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning because you know, we were supposed to start at like 5 or 6. Because you want, If you wanted to do it in one day, you know, you have to do it early. So all I had packed was, you know, I had some shorts, a shirt, uh, some running shoes, sweater for when you get to the top, when it gets colder, some water, granola bars, and yeah, I wasn't that prepared. Uh, I didn't have any hiking boots, and, you know, they offered, you could have uh, rented it, but I turned it down because, you know, Now, this is just like a leading theme from the story because, you know, I cheaped out on some other things, too. So um, I was like, whatever. So you start at the fifth station, which is kind of past most of like, I wouldn't say you're at the middle of the mountain, but kind of at the base where past all the forest and getting to the actual main trail. There's other entries, but that's kind of like the main one. So we started from there. And I decided to go by myself because, you know, I wanted to go at my own pace. I wanted this to be somewhat of a personal journey for myself. And, um, 
not that I didn't like the people I went with, but you know, I just didn't want to like talk to anyone, I guess. Um, but anyway, so station after station, you know, you keep going, you start out, you're like in the forest on the side of the mountain. And after a certain point, you know, some of my visual, uh, listeners might've seen it already, some of the pictures, but you know, you are above the clouds at one point and it's just beautiful. Like I, I, I was just so shocked, you know, when I got to a point and all I see is clouds, the sky, convenient the picture just pulls up right now um you know you you see some of the mountains and it's just one of the best views i i could ever experience in my life and um once you're up there you know you just keep going you look up and you're wondering okay am i any closer to the top and then you realize you're like three stations away like i want to say like the last station i think i want to say there's like 12 over 13 stations you start out at five and um at each station you know they had food uh you know some shops you can buy you can get a stamp on the stick so i forgot to mention you know at the very beginning you can buy like a walking stick it's like three or four thousand yen which is like 30 or 40 bucks and then you get like stamps along the way which also cost like two four five hundred yen depending and you know the goal is to you know get all the stamps and then you know put a flag on there if you want whatever um something i kind of regret not getting but uh at the time i just thought it was a waste plus you know we were traveling a lot i felt like it could have gotten broken easily so i just went without it and a lot of other people did you know they bought it and it's like whatever so you know, we're going up the mountain and uh funny story, you know, one of the people that went up with the mountain, you know, they got the rental shoes, right? So uh their shoe actually broke in half, you know. And so he had to make a decision like, do I climb up the mountain, go back? What do I do? So what do you do? He took off his shoes and walked up the mountain barefoot. Like I'm not even making this up, like um I don't have pictures, you know, and I'm over here, like I'm in running shoes thinking like, Oh, I cheaped out and this guy's over here barefoot. Like maybe I made a right call by not getting those rental shoes. But at the same time, it's like, damn, it's quite a story, right? I mean, his feet must've been pretty messed up after that though. Uh, I was like, whatever, you know? So by the time I was like to the last station, you know, I'm, I kind of missed my opportunities to get food at this point because I had brought my own. I, I heard the food up the mountain was overpriced. So all I brought was like granola bars and water. And, you know, I'm like, I'm fine until I get to the top. Now, if you guys don't know, uh, you get what's called altitude sickness. And it's for people who aren't used to living at higher altitudes as you know, the higher you get, the less oxygen there is. So it's harder to breathe. Like, you know, if you climb Mount Everest or something, you know, you'd have to bring like a oxygen tank or something, uh, on Mount Fuji, they even sell like canned air, which was like questionable to me. Cause I'm like, how does this like, does this actually work? Doesn't 
I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, is this like a gimmick just to sell people garbage? Like, I don't know. So that was another thing. I was like, yeah, I don't need that. But when I got to the top, um, I had a few pictures away showing that, um, you know, there's a bunch of shops and stuff, which is really cool. A lot of cool stuff. You know, you could walk around the, the peak of the mountain, which is nice. It's like a little extra bonus hike. But I was just feeling terrible. Like I had to lay down, took, take a nap. And uh, I felt super lightheaded. And when I woke up, I'm like, well, I'm not feeling any better. So I should just go back down. So I did. And uh, didn't spend too much time up top. Didn't really buy anything. I didn't bring that much money. So um, as I was going down, that's when the hunger was kicking in. Like I had enough water. And I was just like super hungry. And then going down the hill, you know, it's all loose rocks. So. Yeah, it's not it's not that uh steady. Like you either have to slide down, like you can kind of awkwardly walk down, but it's kind of like it doesn't really work. Uh running kind of helps too at some points. Uh like especially when at some point when you're past the loose rocks, you have to like go from one side of the mountain to all the way to the fifth station, which is like across and I just decided to run because I was like so tired of walking um, when I had this energy, but I was like racing for nothing because by the time I got to uh, to the bus, there was no one there. I was like the first one, so I still had to wait for everyone else. So I couldn't, and I didn't have money to buy anything, so to eat, I was kind of messed up. <laughs> I kind of messed up big time, so. Uh, my best recommendation, you know, if you plan on going to Mount Fuji, uh, bring plenty of water, bring plenty of food and money. And if you want to indulge yourself, get the the stick, you know, get some, you can even get up like something cheap, like a postcard, send a postcard from the top of the mountain to someone. Uh, if people do that anymore, I was just taking pictures, you know, and this is on my crappy like Galaxy One phone like some of the resolutions if you guys are watching sorry about that it's doesn't look that great but um i just kind of wanted to put this together and talk yeah mount fuji was great if you're in japan do it if you have for for whatever reason you can't then i understand so next i want to talk about uh my first experience with tokyo and let me say this like we didn't do jack it's like we walked around you know went to shinjuku uh shibuya harajuku you know walked around the the major areas but it just i feel like you really need a plan when you go there because it's not like you know closing your eyes and throwing a dart at the dartboard you know you gotta have something like you can find some random stuff and there are people who will swear like oh well i don't like to make a plan i like to just go that's cool, but it doesn't really work for me. I like tracking where I'm going to go. So, um, definitely come up with a plan, you know, because we just walked around and it was fun. Like, you could find like guitar shops, you know, we found all kinds of like little shops and stuff. And I don't know. I just feel like, you know, Tokyo has something for everyone. So, if you really want to go, you know, just look it up and, you know, you'd be surprised how many places, you know, you don't, um, need too much Japanese 
it's kind of tailored for foreigners, really. I mean, there's a few places that won't service foreigners, and they say that, but really they're not servicing people who can't speak Japanese. The main thing is, like, if they can't service you, then they don't want to have you in the restaurant or store because it's just going to take too much time to deal with you or, you know, whatever. Because, trust me, Google Translate just doesn't get the job done. Like, like for example, like a simple sentence like, oh, you want to drink something? Like, sounds simple to us, right? Or you want to drink? You know, we, the, the normal way to say it in Japanese would be, ah, nankanomu, you know, like, hey, you want to drink? Or, you know, maybe Google Translate translates it to, ah, uh, you know, and it's kind of like the same meaning, but it's not exactly how you'd say it. So, um, something like that's fine, but more complex things like translating a menu or, uh, you know, asking for certain requests, it can be a little difficult. So, uh, some stores just tend to avoid going that route altogether. So don't get offended if like store refuses you, it's not your fault. It's not cause you're a foreigner. I mean, Kind of, yeah, but uh, it's just hard for them to properly service you. So don't take it the wrong way. Or they might have just had a bad experience with uh, a foreigner groups, you know, maybe just multiple, you know, not saying it's the right thing to do and, you know, money is money, but you got to understand their perspective as well. Uh, all in all, you know, Tokyo was, was amazing. There's so much stuff there. Not what, it's a little too big for my taste, but. Uh, for anyone, you know, who's into anything like art, sports, music, whatever there's, I'm trust me, you'll find something. So next, I just kind of want to wrap this up, keep these short, uh, mainly because, you know, I'm going to make this a multi-part series and kind of to signify too, like in that three weeks, you know, like I was mainly working and the two major things I did was, you know, climb Mount Fuji and go to Tokyo. but. Uh, the Tokyo one kind of fell flat. I mean, even though I got some okay pictures, uh, you just definitely want to go there with the plans. If you guys have questions about Japan or, you know, I know COVID makes things terrible. So I kind of wanted to make this just to kind of show everyone like, hey, this is, you know, my first experience, you know, hopefully when you guys go, you, you know, or if you're living in Japan, maybe you have a different experience. Like I said, like even those those two times I went, like the, the three weeks I was there, I was like, I want to come back. So, you know, my next duty station, you know, I wanted to come back to Japan, and that's what I did. And now I'm like living here, so not in the Navy anymore, but you know, I, I found a way to to do it. So, uh, if you have questions about like what it's like living in Japan or certain things, you know, uh, ask us. You can comment on the video, or if you're listening to the podcast, just. You know, find us to on uh, Twitter at Ohms Lounge Official, uh, or you could find me on uh, Twitter as well at uh, the Lone Salesman. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. So definitely, you know, give me some feedback. Tell me what your experience was in Japan, or tell me what you'd like to hear me talk about uh, Japan-wise, and you know, I'll address that. Uh, I do want to kind of talk about my my journey of learning Japanese too. I mean, that could be a whole episode in its own. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening. If you guys have any feedback, like I said, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, comment on the video, and look forward to seeing from you guys. See ya.